Hi guys, welcome to episode 11 of the To Be Fit podcast. I am your host, Ian Bickle. Today I am joined again by another Mac Nutrition University student with Cy Gregory from Cy Gregory Fitness and Nutrition. Welcome to the podcast, Cy. Thanks very much for having me, Ian. Thank you for Good joining me on a dark Friday night. Yeah, me, you and Zippy. Me, you, I've got, I'm in me mom and dad's old, well, my old bedroom and I've got Zippy in the background. You won't see this, it's audio only, but you know, I'm, we're, we're painting a picture. Um, so, Cy, um, if you wouldn't mind please introducing yourself and letting the listeners kind of know who you are, where you're from and, um, you know, your background, I suppose, within this industry, please. Sure. So, uh, Cy Gregory, as previously mentioned, um, personal trainer and I have been for about eight years now I think it's coming up to I think it'll be coming up to eight years yeah in March of next year I think that's right it might be nine it'll be nine in March it's yeah, been it'll a be, while yeah it was 2010 sorry I forgot what year we were in for a second low carb diet <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh, so personal trainer uh, work predominantly with one-to-one clients um, in a semi-private facility, which I rent with other personal trainers. Um, Cy Gregory Fitness and Nutrition on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if I included that already. Also a professional wrestler. So, yeah, at the weekends I'll be dressing up in spandex and boots and stuff like that. Yeah, make a note of that. We'll be coming back to that, I'm sure. <laughs> Mate, I, uh, I've got so much crack about that. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, so that that's me. Um yeah, I think that, I think that's pretty much it. Just started Mac Nutrition same time as you did. Right. I mean, we can't we can't bypass the wrestling. No, let's not. Let's yeah, let's yeah. Let's about. let's get everybody's like shit. Let's listen to this. So professional <laughs> wrestler. I um yeah. I actually coach um nutrition um and write the program for Ollie Rampage Brown. Holy shit! No, we're, no way! What a small world! I know, my god! I know, we, and and this is totally legit. I'm like as shocked as you are. Like, this, wow! Yeah. Rampage is like a big like inspiration for me. I'm a big fan of Rampage. Yeah, man. Wait, I'll I'll drop your line, mate. He's um he's he's the nicest guy in the world. Have you worked with? Him yeah, before? we've met a couple of times. We worked on on like the same shows a couple of times, but we never really had much interaction. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean. Shows I've worked on, he's been in main events and stuff, and I've been somewhere else on the card. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's what a small world. It's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? I was yeah, thinking, I was thinking, wow, let's get. Uh, I was thinking, what uh, material do I have for the podcast? And it's just presented tons. itself, tons. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah, um, Ollie's like killing it, man. I've le- helped him lose like you know two and a half stone, so he's looking even scarier, but still big and scary yeah. you know like um yeah. but yeah wrestling how did you get into that how long have you been a pro wrestler i think i kind of went back into it the same year that i started pt so I, I i dabbled around a little bit with it when i was about 14 15 but it was just like training and it was a terrible school and i didn't really go anywhere so i stopped oh, lifelong fan so i wanted to be i wanted to be a professional wrestler since well since as long as i can remember um and then once i started driving at like 19 did my PT course and that started working. I was like, right now I can go and give this like a real go. So I probably started training again and take actually taking bookings and wrestling again, maybe around 20 did that until I was about 25 had quite a significant uh, shoulder injury. 
and it was just like a little bit of mental burnout. So I took about 18 months off, went back April this year, um, and I've been doing it pretty much pretty solid since then, really. So my weekdays are PT and then my weekends are pro wrestling. So <laughs> Do you get around the country doing that as well? Yeah, I mean, the first five years I did it, I was up and down the country a lot more like Rampage used to wrestle for NGW. I think he still does, which was all the way up in like Hull. Yeah. So I'd do a, few, a couple of shots there and then I'd be in like Plymouth. <laughs> so just completely the other way sort of thing. Did that. Wrestled in Canada, America, Belgium, Portugal. Yeah. And this year it's just been, it's, it's been a bit more local since I've come back, but I think it's just finding my bearings again and getting back out there, you know? Uh, I I mean Ollie just did the WOS wrestling on ITV. Yes. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Did that a watch as well. I watched it as much as I could, but I was also wrestling most Saturdays, so right, it's like yeah. five o'clock. So I didn't always get to to watch it, but yeah, I watched as much as I as I could. Yeah, I it's was good to see you get such a break. Yeah, I I was a huge fan of the uh, the wrestling growing up. So I'm imagining how old are you, Si? Uh, twenty eight. I'll be twenty eight next Tuesday. So did you get to witness the Attitude Era? You would have been maybe like 10 or so, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think I just got into it around like 2000 when The Rock and Stone Cold were like the biggest deals ever. <laughs> they the still are, I think. The, the, pro- yeah, the product's yeah, yeah. not really what it used to be, unfortunately. It's, it's different now. I think it's, uh, I think it's catered more around athleticism now. Oh, and definitely. I, yeah, there's there's a lot more. There's a different skill set now. There's a lot more gymnastic type guys and stuff like that. If you go, it was a lot more character driven ten, twenty years ago. You know. Yeah, I don't think but, it would come across really well today. It's a bit. I, I don't know. I mean, I love it. Me, I still go on YouTube and kind of watch old yeah. school. I mean, if I were to get the the network, it would just be purely to watch. Um, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I do. I mean, I watch some of the current stuff. Um, I watch as much of it as I can because obviously it, it's it's also as much as personal training, fitness, and nutrition is, is my business. Wrestling's like my business as well, so I try and keep as up to date as I can with the current product. But yeah, because I've got the network, I do find myself like going to the search bar in like 1998 or 1999 and just like hanging out there for an hour or whatever. Is there any particular wrestlers <laughs> that you? Were your favourite? Uh, I would have to say Undertaker is probably my 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 guy. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of his. He, I I love the Undertaker. He was my childhood. Then I went out of it and then got back into it when it was like the Attitude Era, you know. So I went from like yeah, Hulk yeah. Hogan, the Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior. I thought, oh, this is shit. It's childish. And then yeah. then, then the Attitude Era came along, and uh, you know, for, yeah. for me, it was like. The Undertaker still, The Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Steve Austin. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think The Undertaker unfortunately does need to hang up his boots these days, doesn't it? I, I think I think he's obviously taken a lot of injuries on and stuff like that. But as far as like longevity and being professional and stuff like that, I think he's like... Oh, he's, a, he's, he's amazing, yeah. I just, yeah. Think, I just think it's a case of, come on, let the... Let's remember the good old Undertaker not seeing this. I, I do kind of wonder how it will end for him. But for me... I mean, there might be there might be a time where he's a little bit slower, a little bit less hair, and I'll be like, it's still good, still good, still, good. still come back. <laughs> just, just telling <laughs> yourself. 
I look at the whole product, I'm like, this is great business. I'm really enjoying the product. But then Undertaker comes out. I'm like, it's all real. I love The Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) I I watch the, like, the 25-minute quick uh, catch-ups, you know, on YouTube that just kind of, like, zip through it. Highlight ones. Yeah, Yeah. just and I even skip through a lot of them, you know, because I just kind of can't be chowed with the new style that's going about there. I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I'm a big fan of Brock Lesnar as well. Yeah, so that I think about oh, he never shows up. But for me, Brock's like what an athlete. <laughs> See, like because yeah. I've got a bit of a bodybuilding background, I look at the like of body Bobby Lashley and all these kind of, you know, John Cena's and all these still kind of chemically enhanced athletes. Um, they've got like a wellness thing. Can you hear? Yeah, this sorry. Or it's a, I, I, I look. I'll, yeah, I'll, just, it just glitched a little bit there, mate. It's just saying on my end, poor network connection. So I'm hoping that your audio is still picking up and everything. Well, I can hear you. So Okay, um, great. Cool. Yeah, I was just saying I love like the kind of, that's kind of what got me into bodybuilding, funnily enough. And I used to work, yeah. as, work as a chef um, and I still watched the wrestling at that point. And I was always thinking to myself, I would love to kind of emulate. And this is before I knew about steroids and all of that jazz so i thought yeah. oh i would love to look like that always i admired the physiques and that's kind yeah. of what really led me to get into the gym you know initially was it the same yeah, for I, you I'm exactly the same as that yeah especially guys like triple h um you know it's just an absolute monster in the early 2000s well still looks great now but he was just ginormous in the early 2000s so yeah i read his book like building a better body (laughs) i read that and i was like okay i guess i gotta eat like every two hours right (laughs) just pouring food in and uh and then i got into bodybuilding a lot more and you know started following dorian yates and stuff like that so and do you find like obviously that's helped you as a wrestler as well building a, a bigger frame and a physique yeah see i've never really struggled with I don't want to go like all over the place here. So if I start going off on tangents, just kind of like bring me back. But I've never really struggled with size anyway. Like I was 11 pound when I was born. So like I've never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I walked Ouch. out started, like chatting up the nurses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I've never really struggled with size. Um, I've struggled with um, attaining a really lean physique. Like that takes a lot of work for me. I've never really been down to a significantly low body fat level. And, um, so I try and stay in shape with that, but I find now the more I've looked into training and stuff like that, I do a little bit of bodybuilding, but I follow more of like a Joe DeFranco type protocol now, a lot more um, performance type based, still lifting, but again, I'm not thinking about like bodybuilding as such, you know, because yeah. like I said, I don't have to worry too much about trying to get big. It's never been an issue for me. I suppose a lot of your training kind of, functional for the what you're doing in the ring is it yeah don't get me wrong i mean it's not like i'm going in there getting all the medicine balls out and doing like push-ups with my hands on the ball and my feet on the ball i'll still do traditional weightlifting bodybuilding type exercises but uh yeah like i don't i don't really i'm not really too concerned with trying to get big or anything like that like that's not an issue for me trying to be good on one leg is an issue for me (laughs) yeah so so like as far as like your um entry into the fitness industry it was kind of i don't know inspired through wrestling um how did it look eight nine years ago when i first started yes um so from the wrestling kind of stuff like into my late teens i really got into uh bodybuilding and more specifically kind of got into like dorian yates and high intensity training and 
I couldn't really, I couldn't really get on with. I looked at the other stuff, like you know, I'll, uh, like a Phil Heath type training. I just couldn't get on with like the fluff and pump stuff. Like that's the way I kind of like looked at it, which is probably a lot safer now. Which I would have done more of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I just looked at it like everything has to be really heavy. Everything has to be to failure. Um, otherwise, you, you you're a pussy, right? So that's just kind of the mentality that I had. Um, and I went to college to become a personal trainer and I found that I really had a passion for the nutrition side and I was constantly looking at uh, degrees I could do for nutrition, but it was always like nutrition in sports, nutrition and this. There was never like, just like what we're doing now, there wasn't that then. So I didn't go into it, but I did go into PT and the first few years were just awful. I just feel terrible for every client that I had because, well, not every, not every client because I still work with some of them now, but uh, it was just balls to the wall, just make them sweat, make them work really hard. There was no real thought or anything like that. Like it just wasn't great, you know, but I would say over the last two or three years where I've really knuckled down on, you know, trying to figure out what, what works and what doesn't, it's, it's got a lot better and there's been a lot more structure to it. But the first few years were just awful. I think uh, I think we should apologise to my old clients as well. I suppose yeah. whilst whilst we're on the subject, I mean, I think there wasn't this scene really because like new personal trainers entering the the fitness industry maybe have a better opportunity than what you and I and other coaches maybe that have been in it for a while um, have had. You know, like we yeah. had, we kind of just. There wasn't really this evidence-based scene around when we started, I suppose. No, I remember one guy coming in and saying, oh, what are we doing today? And I was like, the 300 workout. Like, <laughs> Where do you pull what? that? I was yeah. like, it's good, right? You're paying me decent money, so I'm just going to fuck you up. <laughs> Which just, you know, that was, that was how I thought it was supposed to work. And that's to be completely fair, in my defense, every other trainer at the gym was like that as well. Yeah. Like there was no one that was coming to me saying, you might want to put a program in place and try and get this person results. Everyone was like, yeah, fuck them up. Like, I've got this workout, put them through this. Or whatever, you know. I think so, yeah. Fifth box jumps, try that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, superset them with squats or something, you know, and it's just like, wow, yeah. you're going to... Yeah. You, if they're do, walking out, you haven't done enough. It's yeah. like, wow. And I think to a certain degree, like, there is a population that that's all right for, but... Maybe like yourself, I'm not that kind of coach. Certainly not anymore. You know, yeah. like I've I know coaches that will, you know, take people out in the park and do tricep dips on the benches and things like that. And that's just that's not me. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think there's still a time and a place for it. Like when any of my clients listen to this, they'll probably be thinking, "Fuck off, we still do loads of that." <laughs> yeah, but there'll be like a solid plan in place, and then there might be like right a nice five minute yeah. finisher on the battle ropes or something like that. So we will, you know, but it's not, the whole session is not like who can throw up the fastest. You yeah. know? I think, I think to a certain degree, fitness has to be fun. Um, and uh, that's why I'm a huge, like, I think if people want to work with that sort of coach, I'm not hating on them. That's absolutely fine. I'm just saying yeah. that's not the sort of thing that I do. Not because I don't think it's worth anything. I just think it's, it's just not my bag really. And I, yeah. I suppose, you know, that's the good thing about having, different coaches that specialize in different areas that you can go to them and obviously they can tailor the plan 
um, according to their personal preferences, really. And I don't mind personally hoying a little five ten minute prowler. Um, yeah, just something at the end we tend to do, um, like a farmer's walk challenge or something like that. But just the older I've got, the more I've got into like numbers and you know, tracking progress and stuff like that. And just having people come into beast, it's just hard to kind of like track progress on that. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, you threw up five minutes faster this week. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I want to win out. I'll log that one down. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I mean, talking about kind of like managing training and monitoring progress, how do you kind of go about that with clients? Um, so, I tend to work in like four week cycles. I just, I like doing it that way. Um, it, it'd be four week like mini cycles, but it'd be based around long term progress anyway so most of the training programs that i do are just four weeks at a time um and again just genuinely focused generally focused on just standard progressive overload whatever that means to whatever particular client like i might have one client um that says i I really want to bench 100 kilo or whatever so we'll work on that but then i might have one client um who can barely do anything lower body because of a certain injury and her goals are really not the same as this guy's goals. So it might be we do an upper body circuit and it might be, I don't know, four, four exercises, sets of 10 one week. And then the next week sets of 12, you know, just something to say you got an additional two reps on every set this or on the last set this week, you know, just to show a little bit of progress, but you know, it's just standard sort of stuff like that really. And like I said, a a little finisher type thing at the end where it's, that'll still be measured. Like if we do prowler stuff or farmer's walks, it'll be how many laps you can get in a minute or whatever. And then if they top out at laps, it'll be like, okay, let's go heavier and see if you can get the same laps in that amount of time, you know. Uh, I forgot to ask as well, what's your wrestling name? Oh, I just used my normal name because I I spoke to a promoter when I was like, I don't know, when I first got back in at 20. And I was like, I need to think of a unique name. And he was like, I've never heard of your name before. Why don't you just use your name? That's so, all right, yeah, yeah. It's my name, but it, as far as like Instagram goes, I have two separate pages. Mm. The fitness and nutrition stuff is Cy Gregory PT and the wrestling stuff, Cy Gregory Pro, as in Cy Gregory Pro Wrestler. Um, and that's all my scary faces and shit talking to everyone. That's like the other half of me kind of thing. <laughs> If this was the 80s, because your name's spelt C-Y, I would call you Cyborg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like I was going to go with something like Cy, and then in the middle, like KO, like I was a knockout guy, but then it was read as like Psycho, right? like a wow. lunatic. Wow, yeah. If anybody's got any suggestions for Cy's <laughs> wrestling name, just send them in. You could be... The nutritionist, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just like there is one guy. There is one guy. I'm on a show on the ninth. His name's Percy Trainer, and the gimmick's just a, he's a personal trainer, it's like an old fashioned. It's great. It's like all the zoo bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the headband and all that shit. It's great. <laughs> Do you not wear that to work? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, everyone. I gave him the idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting on to kind of the nutritional side of things, what kind of led you to MNU? You alluded earlier that you kind of always been a little bit into it and looked for degrees, but there was nothing really around that was kind of okay. fit. Yeah, so it probably goes with like my own um, fitness journey, really. 
because like I said, I've never struggled with size or anything like that. Um, I've never really, I've, I've never Googled or looked up mass gain diet or muscle gain diet. I've always been fat loss diet, you know, that sort of thing. And um, again, I got all my information from Flex Magazine, you know, men's health kind of thing, health and fit, muscle and fitness, whatever it's called. Yeah, Flex and muscle and fitness. And I tried all of that, eat every three hours, eat every two hours. It was even a case of like, don't have just whey protein because that will like go through. If you're if you struggle with weight loss, whey protein goes through your system too quickly. So you want casein protein, right? Or or a blend of the. So just all the little shit, you know. Um, don't eat at this time. Don't eat this food. Soak your just everything, every kind of mumbo jumbo thing that we've heard. I'm sure you've heard. And I spoke to one PT and he was like, just read this article by Alan Aragon. And it was the, uh, the dirt on clean eating. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I read that and I still didn't fully understand it. So I like kept Googling his stuff and then YouTube and his stuff and found interviews with him on, um, Omar Isof's YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Weird, craziest name ever. I thought I had a crazy name. Um, yeah, and then just slowly but surely kind of found my way to Martin and, you know, just kind of started watching that stuff. Um, and then I think I went last year, I went to the day with Alan Aragon. At, um, right. at uh, the Nottingham thing. That's right. Yeah, I went to that and I just kind of like, I was sat there with uh, Dan, Dan Mac Fitness. Sat with him. He's like a buddy of mine. Um, and I was kind of like looking around and Martin was talking and then Alan was talking. I was looking at all the branding and looking at all these people taking notes. And I was like, yeah, this is the, this is the brand that I want to kind of be part of. I want to, I want to kind of fly this flag a little bit. And it was literally just a case of probably about two years of trying to get all of the junk out of my own life, you know, trying to get rid of the, you don't need to soak golden linseeds. (laughs) <laughs> and blend them into your protein to slow down the digestion or anything like that. Um, that's not like the the key to your issues here. So yeah, after like doing a lot more research and stuff like that, I started saying to my clients like, you know, when I was saying only have brown rice, I might have been wrong, <laughs> you know. And they're all like, yeah, we know, we we haven't eaten it anyway. It tastes like shit. <laughs> I, I think uh, I mean I have a similar story. My first entry was like Liam Norton. And you right. know, I, he was doing his very early kind of um, talks on YouTube about like if it fits your macros, and I just kind of I tend to like cling on to things. Like I'm very like, oh, this is the new thing, and I was like, right, guns blazing as far as that was concerned. And then, right. as you said, just organically, you kind of I binged on Lane Norton, and then organically just found all these other people, which inevitably led me to a place where right, I need to learn more about nutrition and hence yeah and as you've said i'm hugely proud to be part of like this kind of mac nutrition collective almost family yeah Yeah, it's really it's great but i think i think like with the if it if it fits your macros thing i think my own um kind of fitness fat loss journey kind of thing went from it's the food you know, it's got, there's got to be some kind of magic food or there's got to be a food that I should eat instead of another food into 
if it fits your macros. And even then, I still carried like obsessive behavior with it. Mm. So it was like, you should have this much protein, this much carbs, this much fat. And if I looked back at my day and didn't nail the carbs and fat, yeah, I still would freak out and be like, oh, just frustration. And again, more chipping away, more chipping away till you got to the point where you realize it's calories in, calories out. Yeah. Sufficient, sufficient protein, mix of carbs and fats, how you want kind of thing. That's when I was like, okay, I can probably do that forever. <laughs> and other people could probably do that forever. But yeah, so the, the if it fits your macros thing, um, it, it's great, like I said. But when it was like, hit this much carbs, hit this much fat, again, I was still in that neurotic mindset of, I've got to get it perfect, otherwise I'm a failure, you know? Yeah, so. and I, I was saying this to a client earlier today, saying that, you know, I feel like, Right now, I'm maintaining my weight better because I used to, if it fits your macros, very much so. But like, I was literally, it fit my macros. It, yes, it was yeah. to it was to the button, and I would be like, you know, going eighty five grams of rice, and it would go over. So I'd go eighty grams. It went under. You know, eighty two yes, grams, yeah, and it, yeah. it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, Ian, with your life? Yeah, yeah I look back it now, was- and like, it's just mental. It was that, and then it was a case of, I think I, I, it might have been Alan Aragon or El, Eric Helms shared like an infographic saying, don't stress out if you go five or 10 grams either way. And I was like, oh, great, a little bit of leeway. Yeah. And then it was like, you know what, carbs and fats, you just mix them how you want. And I was like, uh-huh, <laughs> the golden truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I, I kind of use a, a, I call it semi-tracking, so I still track the days where I know I'm, going to go out on the evening and not track that particular meal it just gives us a broader perspective on like you know and allows us to kind of calorie cycle so i would say i'm truly now a flexible dieter if you like or i have flexibility within my nutrition which is trying to get track where we're trying to get everybody i suppose of course yeah i must admit i mean with regards to my own nutrition i have similar things to eat every day i'm not very adventurous with food it's not like i'll be like oh yeah bring lamb chops in and i'll just make them fit like i rarely eat anything like that like i do tend to focus around god maybe 10 15 different foods and like it's not like it's massively uh varied there's a lot of different like proteins yeah. and greens and stuff like that but it's not like i don't sometimes i'll track occasionally and i'm like i'm kind of eating the same thing so i know ballpark where i'm at if i was having different things all the time i might track a bit more um, rigorously for me yeah I, um, because I've got a very specific outcome I want to really compete again maybe 2020 onwards so I just want yeah, to kind of you, like bodybuilding you competing I've uh, competed 2014 was the last time then I did a photo shoot last year whilst my I did that prep alongside with my fiance being pregnant so, oh, right, okay. so I kind of thought well it's a good time to get it out my system and now, yeah. like, I just don't want to do it when my son's so little because it's just an asshole to be that lean. It's like you're just ratty, you're tired, like you're exhausted. Yeah. So I'd want to do it when he's kind of maybe at nursery or school or whatever. Yeah, but, I uh, never had that issue. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's, it's not fun. But, like, at the same time, I kind of love it. So it takes me a good couple, yeah. of, couple of years, a few years, to kind of forget how shitty that was. So I'm like, oh, I want to prep again. Get out of your system. Yeah, that's and, all your pictures. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it's, <laughs> that is like next level lean. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it, and that's kind of my. <coughs> that's why I still track, you know. Um, yeah. But again, not as kind of religiously as I used to. I think 
I, I, now I'm very much kind of like I've got a life to live. I want to spend time with my fiance. Um, and yeah. as I said, I, because I'm so much relaxed, but I know how much how relaxed you can be around nutrition now, and basically yeah. get get away with quite a lot. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the the biggest thing for me has been that relaxing thing and not stressing about such um, minuscule kind of details. Like if my wife and daughter want to grab pizza, occasionally, you know, I might say, no, you guys get it. I'll have something else. I'm not really feeling it. But it's not because I'm like, oh, my God, I can't have that, you know. Yeah. Might be like, okay, cool, I'll have it. Like it's only a one-off thing. Or if I'm like out and about all day and like I haven't eaten for eight hours or whatever, it's no longer such a mental game for me it's no longer such a stressful thing you know uh, i was i was that guy who used to if i went to dinner and i was on prep i would be taking like you know chicken and broccoli you know and they'd be all eating this thing and it would be like almost a badge of honor that i was a, a clean eater i suppose yeah i know what you mean i mean me and my friends are you know but when we get our driver's license and that would go to each other's houses pick each other up and go for a drive and me and my three buddies, like four of us, were all in the car, all chatting away, and I pop open my Tupperware with salmon and broccoli, and they all get out of the car. They're like, "For fuck's sake, man! Why <laughs> smells? Why are you doing that? Let's like, just eat eat food with us." You know, I, I still can't eat tin tuna. Oh, I can't eat fish at all. I put myself through it for so long. I hate yeah. fish. Don't um, like it. <laughs> I, I love salmon, but tin tuna. I mean, ugh. Oh. even the thought of it's just making us kind of. <laughs> gag a no, little I don't, do I don't do it but I did all that through college during my PT course and stuff and you know trying anything I could to make brown rice taste better yeah I went through all that but soy sauce did you try that no no I tried I went with like the low I just tried a little bit of ketchup but I had to get like the low salt low sugar one and I was like I couldn't and I had it like a teaspoon <laughs> this is in college brown rice in a, in Tupperware like bought a teaspoon with me ketchup squeezed it on dunked it in and i remember there was oh, my fiance, my wife my fiance my wife's in the other room there was a girl at college i was interested in and i had a friend who was a friend and she was like she said you're really weird because you bring ketchup to college every day so no <laughs> <laughs> oh it worked out all right in the end didn't it yeah it worked out right in the end of you know my beautiful wife's next door with my little girl so well there you go you see how old's your daughter <laughs> Uh, she's eight. She's my stepdaughter, but yeah, I call her. She's my daughter, you know. Well, there you go. Um, brilliant. I mean, um, it, it's generally a question we got started with at Mac Nutrition. Is there any biases that you had? Because you mentioned the nutrition. Was that something you'd pushed on other people? That you had to be a clean eater, neurotic sort of like um, good person? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I tried to push that on my clients a lot more now. Like they might. You know, if you spoke to some of them now, they might be like, "You still talk like that now? You still want us to eat chicken breast and all that?" But that's just me trying to get their protein up. Like, yeah. however they get there is pretty much up to them. These are just suggestions. But I would, tr- I probably would try. Like, I would send a shopping list and say, "Avoid white rice, avoid white potatoes, avoid white bread." Like, all that was on the shopping list. Um, I did have all that on there, so I might have been biased. I was probably biased towards that in like the early years of my PT. But to be honest with you, knowing my clients the way I know them now, they probably just looked at that and went, "Yeah, fuck off, I'm not doing that." And just shut the shut the email down anyway. Um, but yeah, I think in the more recent years, like I did put it in the in the comment thread on on the on the uh, discussion thread, 
Uh, I'm probably more biased towards my fitness pal. I have like le- less so now, um, but I think maybe through 2017 and the early parts of this year, I was saying to my clients, look, just download it and just track everything. It's not going to be 100% accurate. There will be some stuff that is just complete, completely wrong. But if we work together and you show me, I can kind of like find the right, like someone, someone came to me once and she was like, I had a pot of yogurt and it says 800 grams of carbs. So I was like, no, this is probably right. This, this is more like it. And I was like, it's not going to be perfect, but at least you can be somewhat consistent with it and start yeah. seeing how much you're taking in. But the more, probably from the second half of this year onwards, the more I've been like, it's just a tool guys, like you can use it or you, there's other ways to get around it without using it you know yeah what about yourself i mean i think the majority of people's um bias was towards tracking yeah um so that was the same as mine but like i still do um promote the use of kind of like journaling i call it whether it's using an app like my fitness pal or an other kind of tracking app or like just pen and paper like I just think, like the more the most important thing initially for me is tr- creating a level of consciousness around the nutrition, and yes, it yeah. generally it generally starts to cut out naturally snacking and unnecessary calories. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then we just kind of bridge the gap between like them just journaling and then maybe tracking a little bit more, like um, accurately, I suppose, and it, it tends to organically go that way, de- dependent on its need because if i've got really overweight clients find just journaling's enough you know until they maybe start getting to the point where we need to really look at like over total calories but i'm a a huge fan now of like if we don't need that particular thing well why even talk about it to a certain degree unless they ask and then i'll i'll say yeah it's great you know however um, maybe we'll get there eventually and things like that yeah i mean I think, I think, I mean, I've only ever used my fitness power. I haven't actually ventured into any other apps and I've never asked anyone to do it. Um, well, I, with new clients I have, I've said, you know, maybe write down what you eat for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday or something. Um, but with my fitness power, I just found that it was really good for if your thing is like a, a large pizza to yourself or this meal from whatever food chain if you input it and have a look how much that is that that then makes you aware of okay i can still have it but i might reduce the portion slightly because i didn't realize that there were that many calories in it and the same like i just get people to track for a little while just to get like a rough idea of what they're eating and then if they introduce any new food i might be like just put that in and just see how much it is and how much if you like it how much you can fit of it into your daily you know life kind of thing but i had a client the other day she said i've had this i hope she doesn't listen to i don't think i'm calling her out but uh, she was like i had a little slice of chocolate cake i was like okay she goes i know how roughly how much it is so cool what are you thinking and she was like about 200 calories and i was like "Mm." i was like a small brownie from like costa or starbucks is like 350 or whatever it is so maybe 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 a bit more than 200 might be worth just looking at that you know but I don't want I don't want to tell people that they should start tracking now and do it for the rest of their life. That's just no way to to live. No, I, I've like I had a client who I was getting a journal, pen and paper, and this is another thing I'll bring it up now. Like initially, I 
find people that maybe track on my fitness pal do it quite passively they're not like actually taking stock of yeah. what they are like they just put it in and like go about the day whereas like i think like good old pen and paper you know there's a little bit more of a kind of connection there and i'm getting it's your people, writing yeah yeah and i think um it's a lot more personal and i get people to actually look at the food labels and write down how many calories and how much protein was it within that food and actually like looking okay. on the labels and trying to find it as opposed yeah. to just relying and scanning my fitness pal who cares if it's right they don't like I I double especially when I'm in prep. I double check is this right up against the label, you know? And like you know, and if not, I'll manually put it in because yes, I, you know, I'm neurotic, even more neurotic at that time. But um, you know, so like getting them to use pen and paper, searching the um, looking for the um, the nutritional information, and maybe having a kind of you know, sometimes it only says per hundred grams. Then yes. they have to maybe kind of get the brain out and think a little bit about it so they're really yeah. kind of getting a grips with the the calorie and i call it amongst my clients just simply calorie awareness yeah that's interesting because i've probably maybe i've looked at it a little bit of how can i make it as easy for them as possible um so you bringing that up is actually quite interesting i might take some of that forward but i watched a video the other day i think it was james smith and he was basically saying it's, it's got to be hard at some point it's like you've either got to put the work in and track your calories and look after your health now or somewhere down the road someone's going to tell you that your blood sugar is too high you have diabetes or whatever now that's going to be hard as well so it's like pick pick which road you want to take do you know what i mean which which one's more negative the whole being mindful of what you're eating and like like you said getting your brain out and actively looking or now you're suffering with bad health stuff that because you've neglected it you know so it's going to be hard at some point. Yeah. I, th I think I try and make it enjoyable to clients, like the, the discovering all these new things and they're like, oh my God, you know, and making it exciting almost. Yeah, I think it's important as well to kind of like get the message across that when you're tracking, it's important to look at what you currently eat and be like, oh, okay, I can have this much of that. I don't have to cut it out. But it's also like, I can have that rather than being like, look at that. You probably shouldn't eat that. They can then look at other foods and say, oh, I can have that. And I can have quite a lot of that as well. It's actually quite low calorie. I really enjoy it. You know, there's other stuff as well. But I've got a buddy who follows, like, he, he tells me, he's like, I'm tracking. He's like, we had a Chinese the other night and me other, me other half didn't want to put it in. She's like, oh, we can't put that in my fitness pal. I'm like, no, you can't just focus on, like, the good stuff. <laughs> like, you got to get a whole picture here of what you're kind of doing. If you're, if you're tracking for X amount of weeks for a certain event, you can't just be like, oh, pretend that didn't happen. I think that's another another thing with writing it down. People do tend to write down when they've like ate something what they consider bad, but for some yeah. reason with my fitness pal, they kind of don't want to see them numbers. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I might I might start doing that more often. I've never really looked at it like that. Like I said, I've always tried to make it as easy as possible. But changing the narrative on it and getting them to write it down that might actually be something I look into. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's good. I, I find some people when they maybe make that transition to my fitness pal we sometimes regress back to the journaling because they just again they just do it quite passively whereas when they were journaling they were a lot more um on it so i suppose it's just like seeing what works best for that particular person yes yeah yeah i mean in an ideal scenario i'd really like it if someone tracked for x amount of weeks depending on the person yeah and then just kind of had a rough idea of what a portion should look like. I mean, how many times do you have to weigh out 
X amount of pasta before you know. Yeah. Like, just, I said to my friend the other day, I was like, if you weigh out 75 grams of pasta, like for eight weeks on the bounce, and you constantly input it into my fitness pal, and then decide to stop tracking, you don't just pour the whole bag in. Like, yeah. oh, I'm tracking, so I don't, I don't know how much this is. La, 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 la. Pretend it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite games is guess the weight of the banana. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm usually, yeah, yeah. Honestly, mate, it's great at Christmas. <laughs> I'm looking for that. I mean, we're, we're coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm close. Uh, I, I'm usually close with the banana weight. So, uh, <laughs> but that was another thing. Just going back to um, how I was late teens, early twenties. Like with stuff like chicken and potatoes, I was like, right, I need 250 grams of chicken. So I would just cut chicken breasts up into like, like with scissors. Yeah. And just cut it up and like weigh it out into bags rather than thinking, okay, if I have a particularly big chicken breast on Monday and a, a medium chicken breast on Tuesday and then a bigger one on when it will even out across the week, you know? Yeah. I never looked at it that way. Same with potatoes. I was like, oh, this one's 200 grams. This one's 220 grams. Like I'll just cut a little bit off of the end of that one and just, cook, you know? Like, and, just, and just have half a brown potato. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, how this is going to cook with like one half cut off, but we'll see. I mean, I think, uh, like, really, especially recently with my nutrition and with clients as well, is looking at nutrition and on a broader perspective as well, like the the weekly averages, I suppose, yes. and even expanding that beyond the week fortnightly, you know, even monthly. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably been something, you know, like this is what going back to flexible diet and flexible diet and can be if it fits your macros, high carb, low fat, low fat, high carb. You can intermittent fast. You can calorie cycle. It's all of these things brought together. Yes. All these yeah. me- methods, I suppose. Yeah, it's about focusing on that twenty-four hour period, then adding those twenty-four hour periods up to the week, the month, and just looking at it overall. I mean, Alan Aragon on that day, that Nottingham day, said a, a good alternative is like a calendar. I don't want to butcher what he said, but he was like, you give yourself three to five to ten like points to hit and every day you do it say calorie deficit or ate ate three different vegetables today or hit my protein or whatever you tick and he was like if you look if you step back and look at the calendar and see that there's like where there should be at least three ticks every day there's only one and you add it all up you're like this is why i'm not seeing results barely any of these are, are ticked yeah you know, the more ticks you've got you add it up across the weeks the months you're like oh, okay this is starting to add up starting to gain momentum and get progress here yeah, I think that's really the driving force of everything is habits and behaviours are going to massively influence your nutrition and like we don't want to feel anything's forced. If the feedback from a client to me is anything other than uh, this is easy, then I'm going to kind of go, well, what we're really struggling with, I want to simplify things really as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, do you find, we might go into a completely different topic here, but do you find, if you ever had clients with like mental health sort of issues and they find it a lot more difficult I, th- I think you know there's a fine line there when obviously you're working with people who you maybe think may need more professional help so sometimes you do find that you can help the them but you're obviously making clear that what you're doing isn't clinical or anything like that yeah um, so it's quite difficult because it's it's fully dependent but if somebody's got maybe some obsessive behaviors around food 
yeah, I find food becomes a crutch a lot more and stuff like that. And it's like, it's kind of can be difficult in those senses to say, come on, this should, yeah. this should be easy. <laughs> we, we, do, <laughs> you know? we, we don't want to make people, I, I think I tend to be able to relax people more around nutrition um, personally and make them see how, what they can actually do. And it doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. And, it doesn't have any reflection on them as a person. They attach a lot of self worth to maybe the their bill. Maybe it all comes down to control. I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting way of attaching. It. I like to think about it, attaching their self worth to it. I've never really, I haven't really thought about it like that. But that's that's interesting. I think, like you know, even me as a bodybuilder, if I missed a workout, like you know, I felt like shit. Like I let myself down, and maybe it's similar within nutrition if somebody eats something unclean like you know it's it's just a domino that's going to knock everything else down i suppose so yes yeah me being i'm so much more relaxed if i have to skip a work i'm looking forward to christmas where i can have two weeks of just training twice two three times a week whereas the old me would have been like it's christmas i need to get the gym gym shut you know and it's just kind of like that yeah i I always i i talk about my priority list yeah it never goes nothing goes out of the priority list to just shift in priority yeah so so, you know like i'm never like if like last year when i was prepping nutrition and training were really high on the priority list like number one this was before frankie was born and and moving forward he's always going to be number one and you know no matter what number two might be like prep you know three might be business four might be my fiance but it's never out of the priority list. It's yeah, still a yeah, priority. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you learn to like structure it like that with life. It's like, okay, yes. maybe nutrition isn't my priority right now. I'll have a diet break. It's still important. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's your health. Yeah. It, yeah. So like, I think it's making people kind of not drop everything. You know, it's what, December tomorrow. And usually Christmas is that time of year where everybody's like, I'll just pick it up after New Year. And, and that to us is alarm bells going, you're just going to eat like a motherfucker for a month. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's actually like saying, do you know what? I'm just not going to brush my teeth for four weeks. Like, why are you not looking after your health? Don't get, you, you know, probably shouldn't be aiming for like a serious fat loss phase through December. Like that's going to be very difficult. But just going completely the opposite way, you're right. I mean, that's that's not what we're trying to teach. But I've got I've got written down here my priorities and like you said they kind of shift all the time. But training is very, very rarely in the top three. Like my my girls and my business are always kind of like yeah. one and two. But yeah, training is very very. It's normally four or five. It's very rarely top three. But, but, <laughs> but it's still in there. Of course, yeah, still in there. I have to make time for it. But again, like yourself, I don't I don't obsess if like I have I've only made one session this week. I plan on going tomorrow to try and make up some of the lost time, but. Other stuff had to come first, so that's just the way it is. Um, right, so we're going to move on and like kind of go to the final part of the the podcast, talking about this week's module on. Uh, right, is that what I've been talking, Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's it's amazing <laughs> what happens. It's sometimes you think prior to the podcast, you're thinking what we're going to talk about, and then an hour later, you're like, oh god, we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to talk about carbohydrates. So we're going to talk about carbs. Um, obviously, this week's module, last week was protein, this week was carbohydrates, next week's going to be fat. Um, so any takeaways, do you think, from this that are main highlights for you, Si? Um, 
well, some of the carbohydrate recommendations, like, I think because predominantly through my life, like I said, I've been focused on fat loss, muscle gain. Like, if you'd have said to me, what's some of the recommendations for <clears throat> performance carbs and stuff like that, I never would have guessed uh, as high as 10 grams per kilo of body yeah. weight. <laughs> so some of that was some eye-opening stuff, but I found the rest of it to be quite um, just the chemistry side of it, just what they're made up of and all that. You know, I was more interested in like, the recommendation kind of side of it. The more practical stuff. Yeah, stuff that I can apply to clients, you know, um, and just, you know, obviously reaffirming what we already know that when calories are matched, carbs are not an issue in weight loss or, or weight gain, you know. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I spoke to Jeff about this last week um, regarding what sort of coach I was wanted to be. And, you know, there's a lot out there that are very, like, technically minded and, like, can lit. And you, you said even prior to the podcast, like, you know, or you had Jeff on last week, I'm not going to be as maybe kind of using as crazy, like, you know, like all of these references to studies and all that. And I I don't think there's any, anything wrong with that. And I think previous, that was my worry going into this kind of new, now nutrition world is like, am I clever enough? Yeah, hundred percent. I had that, especially the first, the first module um, with research studies and stuff like that. I was like, holy shit, I think I'm I'm in way over my head here. Yeah. But again, like I spoke to a couple of people that have done it before and they said you you'll you'll take away from it what you need to take away from it to work with your clients and to get your message across. Um yeah. so that's what I'm focusing on. I mean you, <laughs> I mean you mentioned uh the performance goals and I think because maybe predominantly we have done kind of bodybuilding S style training that we can't really yeah. ever imagine what maybe these triathletes and all these super yeah. endurance people may require in order to do that sort of stuff. Could not imagine trying to, well, it wouldn't work for me anyway, but I could, I could never <laughs> imagine recommending 10 grams of carbohydrates per kilo of body weight. That to me was just really? insane. But again, that was just come down to because predominantly I focused on physique change with regards to nutrition. Like if you would have said to me, give me a recommendation for performance, I probably wouldn't have guessed as high as 10. So, uh, yeah, that, that was quite interesting to find out. We're not going to go in at 10 straight away, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just get you up to 10. <laughs> well, I mean, that for me is like 860 grams of carbs. Yeah, I mean, it's much higher for me. Like, I'm over 100, so that would be like 1,000. Yeah. Like, that would be like 1,100. <laughs> wow. I mean, when I, was, when I was really, really, like, dieted down, that wouldn't even touch the sides. Really? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, your, your whole satiety is just off the chart. It's just gone. Yeah, this was spoken about in a lecture a couple of, like, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I can't Talking remember. About, like, the, the hunger hormone just kind of, like, not responding the same in people that are just prepping. I used to have to, I mean, carbohydrates, because I know there's a bodybuilder module, which I can't wait for, by the way. That, that's, coming, okay, yeah. that's coming up, and they're going to talk about refeeds, but obviously they are predominantly carbohydrate-driven because they're yes. the most kind of, uh, like, insulin and leptin. These are all satiety hormones as well. Like, you're trying to kind of, I don't want to say manipulate, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. However, like, I w- towards the end of prep, I was like, I need to throw in emergency diet breaks in here. So, like, if I was coaching somebody who was, like, a competitor, a physique competitor, when it got towards the latter stages of prep, 
I would want like pretty much daily updates from them because like I know physically and emotionally and mentally how it feels. And wow. I was thrown in like emergency diet breaks for like three, four days in a row, like eating upwards of like 600 grams of carbs just to kind of be able to adhere longer because yeah. I knew I needed more fat off. So I was like, I need to kind of increase these calories, these carbohydrates in particular, because I, wow. f- I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> See, everyone wants to look that way, but no one knows really what goes into yeah, it, right? I think it's from a, like from a natural athlete, and a lot of people that maybe look at these images are looking at photoshopped and enhanced athletes. So yeah, yeah, you know they've still got to put the graft in, but it's going to help a little. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the recommendations or the requirements, as far as like muscle gain and fat loss, but the one thing that gets thrown around a lot is that aren't essential carbohydrates. Yeah, and that was uh, I. I was so confident on the quiz as well. I was so annoyed. Like I got to that last little bit, and it was like, uh, which of these is true about carbohydrates? And it was like, you know, they help you sleep. They, you know. In, you know, help your health or whatever it was. It was like they're an essential form of energy, and I was I clicked it because in my head I read it as primary for some reason. And I was right. like, of course they are, and it was like this. That was the only part I got wrong. It was like they are not. I was like, oh, I know that. Like I just I was so confident going through it, but yeah, of course they're not essential. Um, and I think when people are initially looking for weight loss and they go on Google, one of the earliest things they'll find is like a low carb approach. And then they only need to read carbs are not actually essential for the body for them to then say, well, oh, I'm just cutting my carbs out. Yeah. That, that's the easiest way for fat loss. And then I'll say, no, no, you're probably going to need to eat some carbs. And I'm like, no, it's not essential. I know more than you, <laughs> which is just, you know, yeah, not really the case. I've had the argument before where, you know, people go, well, you've got essential amino acids you've got essential fatty acids and they're like carbohydrates where's the essential and i'm like (laughs) yeah you you got us (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. try it speak to me in two weeks and we'll see who won (laughs) we we touched on a the ketogenic last week and we'll probably touch on it next week within fat but like we've got things like gluconeogenesis which is taking protein and even fats and converting them into glucose so they can i suppose cross the blood brain barrier into the brain and the central nervous system so so for you to have to kind of like basically not eat carbohydrates for several weeks to go into ketosis so your body actually produces ketones that can cross that blood brain barrier is superior (laughs) it's like a for me, it's yeah. like it's what the that is not an argument that like you basically your body has to go right shit. I need to prioritize survival so badly here now. Let's yeah. let's make something totally foreign that can be kicked out of if you eat too much protein or carbohydrates. Yeah, even in that's one sitting. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing that makes me think. Okay, so they're not essential to the body. So. When when do we start considering them essential to our nutrition? Because if we cut them out, our body's like, I need to make it from something else. Yeah. So to me, that sounds like they're a little bit essential. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, in all the health yeah, benefits. Like, yeah, exactly. I was about to say all the stuff that we touched on throughout the lecture, all the health benefits, digestion, things like that, helping you sleep. Um, 
I just, you know, there's no, there's no reason. The biggest message I obviously want to get across to our listeners today and my clients and people that want to work with me and yourself who want to look better, there's no reason to cut out carbohydrates. I mean, yeah, all this other stuff about they're making you fat and it's that that's the issue. That's just not that's not the issue. There's no there's no reason to fear carbohydrates. The interesting one as well was the um, I'm not a big fruit eater. And I've tried to include a little bit of fruit from time to time, but I just don't like it. And I find if I leave it for too long, like it doesn't get eaten, and then it, you know, goes off or whatever, goes bad. So I'm not a big fruit eater, but um, reading about like the whole fructose is to blame and all that, and then it was well, actually, fructose when calories were matched, there was no significant change in in weight loss or weight gain. I think I think that's interesting. I think people should know that as well. Yeah, I think any negative effects of fructose has been shown in like just ridiculously high um, kind of servings of it, like the equivalent of drinking yeah. like liters upon liters of coke um, to yeah. actually get a negative. And I'm like, if you drink that much coke and you don't get a negative effect, I will be shocked. Yeah, and no one's ever come to me before and said, you know what, I'm really overweight. I started having a banana every day, and it just all went downhill from there. No one's ever come and said that to me. And you know the thing is with fruit, it's not a hundred percent fructose. It's it's got it's exactly. got fructose in it. You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I that's think fortunately the misinformation that we deal with because there's so much more bad information that readily available. You know. Yeah, and I think um, as well, you know, like the removal of carbohydrates you not only reduce stored glycogen but you also store the water associated with that glycogen as well which is often when i go into a deficit within prep that first week i will drop you know four or five pounds and was the um was the overall weight something like 3.6 kilo when we take yeah if you've got a fully like kind of full liver muscle and blood glycogen it's like three and a half kilos worth of obviously the glycogen with the water stored um, yeah as well so it's like three and a half kilos which is seven seven pounds yeah it's like ridiculous it's like seven pound or something you know and eight pound yeah yeah yeah, so just for people listening, that's eight pounds that's not fat <laughs> that you might be worried about the yeah. scale moving on. You know, and I mentioned, you know, I lose an initial, get an initial drop, and then it's like one, two pounds, well, like yes. one pound a week, you know, and you've yeah. got to kind of factor in performance, and that's where carbohydrates really become essential. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a good starting point is obviously matching it. I mean, for just everyday person, but trying to match it with your protein intake and then just making adjustments depending on yeah the goal and how you're how that's being suited i mean you, i've always been more of a i've never had like massive high carbs myself i mean I, i've tried keto i've tried low carbs and stuff like that but i just found and if anyone's listening and they found the same thing it, obviously it might help but i just i just move less and less and yeah i was the same tde just starts going down and down and down and the weight loss stops and it's not, you know, it's like, well, I'm in a calorie deficit. I've worked it all out two weeks ago, but it's like, well, you don't realize that you've actually moved less. Motivation's dipped. You've not trained as hard because there's not fuel in the tank and you've just moved less. So you're actually burning less and it's just a horrible combination. I think probably a criticism of myself back in the days, I wouldn't like, I would try to, I would 
push it too far. I would try it too much. I would like if I went, I did try low fat and I just was on it too long. And I had all these symptoms of feeling like shit, putting weight on, training was crap, energy was down, but I still tried to kind of push, push through it. Push. <laughs> and it's to, just hit that magical switch. Yeah. And um, <laughs> maybe get into ketosis, but <laughs> it, 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 you know, it never happened. So it was just like, right. Eventually it got to the point where this isn't sustainable. Um, but I think that was at the time where like I didn't really know how to critically dissect or digest even information yeah. so I would just kind of jump from maybe what sounded good at the time to the other next thing yeah having a critical mindset but I remember watching a load of uh, YouTube videos by a certain bodybuilding prep coach and I just like hopped up got my coat on my mum was like where are you going I was like I'm off to the uh Supplement store, I'm going to get some macadamia nut oil. That has been the issue my whole time. That's why I'm not losing weight. Haven't had any macadamia nut oil. So let's, off let's, let's add oil to the diet. Yeah, let me add <laughs> highly <laughs> oil. <laughs> well, I'd, I, I, we spoke about this with Simon a few weeks ago on the podcast about coconut oil in the coffee. Were you there? No, 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 no. I've never tried that. You've never tried coconut Don't. Sleep <laughs> there, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that... What about cooking in coconut oil? Were you? Did you get that? As yeah, well? yeah, tried that. Um, I don't mind doing it occasionally, um, but yeah. But again, when I first started doing it, I was like, "This is the elixir of life. This is why I've not been seeing the results because I haven't been using coconut oil." And now I'll, I'll use it occasionally. I mean, it's in it's in my cupboard, I think, so I might use it occasionally. I think uh, we've got to remember we're professionals as well, and this is what we we did. So for the yes. ge- for the general public, like we've got to have some level of empathy there that we're trying to maybe convince them that all of this what they've heard is bullshit, really. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of like be relatable in that sense and and not come across as Johnny Know It All. And be like, well, I'm the epitome of health. This is all the stuff I do now. You should be doing this. It's like, well, I've been, I've been there. I've been where you are. You know, tried all these this mumbo jumbo stuff as well. So. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. Like now, I've got have, having a child and being in a relationship, owning a business, and all of that jazz. Have so much more empathy for busy people. Of course, yeah, 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 massively. Like we were out and about all day today, and my nutrition wasn't great today, and I was like. Now, when a client comes to me and says, "Sire, was out all day doing meetings at work and stuff like that," it was kind of grab and go. I'm able to say, "Yeah, I, I get it," you know. Yeah, and I, and I think like going back to like at the initial stages of the course, with the define the definition of what health is, you know, and like I would say yeah. when we're at most neurotic with nutrition, that certainly wasn't healthy. Yes, absolutely not. It should be a part of our lives. It shouldn't over like consume yeah. who we are. Yeah. More Sorry about that. My daughter came in for some water, and I was I was uh, like looking off there. Sorry if I was a little bit distracted. Uh, no bother. I, we won't deny her hydration. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "What? what? Okay." <laughs> but um, yeah, man. I've, uh, to be fair, I think that's pretty much uh, enough there. I mean, there's a lot. Of, we can maybe go into a couple of myths quickly. Um, regarding yeah, carbohydrates, sure. I don't feel like we, we you know, there's a lot, there was a lot to go in. I mean, they spoke yeah. about like an hour or so, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'd be different for every person taking the the course, but for me, I was like, I, it's good that I know that, but I'm not sure 
if I would say to my client, well, this, this is how a carb's made up. <laughs> you know, I would yeah, yeah like all of the whole yeah. kind of like monosaccharides, you got what, like all the glucose, fructose, and uh, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. I won't be going disaccharides and polysaccharides and all of that sort of jazz. Um, yeah, I'm, but at the same time, if they come to us and say, I've heard this, I've heard I'm having too many polysaccharides or whatever, you say, okay, well, this is what this is, so you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, I think the course really does a good thing of going right. This is maybe what you need to understand. And they always yes. say this is kind of something that you can always, you can get your folder out and reference to it. Yeah, yeah. You're not 100% expected to kind of remember. Some people will, and some people do. Yes. I'm not one of those people. Just to kind of like promote the Godfather here, like I've seen him do lives and stuff like that where someone will say, I'm having this issue, issue, issue. sorry, excuse me, I'm having this issue, what can you recommend? And he'll just throw out this like 12-letter word. He's like, oh, it's this. And just like rattle it off what it is. Like he was expecting this question or whatever. Yeah, like his... his you know, brain, his his capacity, yeah, storing knowledge is unbelievable. I'm, I'm not like that, but no, I would have to go and come back and, and help. I'm the exact same. Like I'll I'll go through the the slides again and you know dip through the important parts of the lecture that I need to like look up. But you yeah. know, the struggle one for me was the digestive and endocrine system. You know, because yeah, I had to go over that. Yeah, yeah. And that that's as I'm I'm very much a practical person and like probably like yeah, yourself. Was, I was really like that with the uh, research methods like yeah p, p value and all that. I had to watch it like three times. <laughs> it's, you start yeah. when you start reading papers and you see the little symbol for standard deviations and you're like you kind of ah kind of know what this is, but I'm, I'm maybe not quite comfortable getting into an argument with like James Krieger yet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Should we hit some myths? If you, uh... yeah. Well, um, my first one's probably going not eating carbs out of after six p.m. That is brilliant, isn't it? That yeah. is fantastic. You know, it's almost like yeah. I think I did read when I was like eighteen or whatever that your certain hormones in your body change later in the day, and any carbs ingested are just shuttled into your fat stores, which is just again complete bullshit. Complete bollocks. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And then another one would be not eat carbs for breakfast either. So, like, you can't eat them at night. You can't eat them first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Carb backloading is the way. This is how yep. everyone's doing it. And then it's like, well, no, you can't eat carbs past 6 p.m. No one can, like, make their mind <laughs> up. Um, yeah, yeah, the whole carbs making you fat thing. Yeah, crazy. I don't. I hope. I hope it'll go away, but I don't think it ever will. I don't think it will because I think the majority of people that start a diet want to see instantaneous results, and like that's probably the the biggest motivator. And and they always reference the carbs. Ah, oh, I started eating bread again. It's the carbs, and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just taking on extra calories that you're not equated for. Yeah, I mean, as far as carbohydrates, apart from like not eating them after a particular time, um, I think maybe another one would be like having to eat them straight after or within a window of a workout to restore gly glycogen. And unless you are like doing multiple events, I suppose, or um, training yeah. earlier the next morning and you just finished on a night, it's not really like kind of massively essential especially if you're training a different body part like a bodybuilder i suppose exactly yeah if you're just doing like an hour of weight training four times a week you probably don't need to replenish as quick 
as you think. Um, another one for me was the whole uh, different types of carbs, like white carbs are the devil. So stay away. From, I even have a bodybuilding book upstairs, I think, and it's like avoid white death. <laughs> and it's like white bread, white potatoes, white pasta. And it's like your body just does not know what to do with these carbs. So instead of digesting them normally, it's like, oh, I'll just put them in the fat stores. <laughs> did you uh, did you read Wheat Belly? Did you get that book? I did not. No, I did no. not. I, 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 it's not the first time I've heard of it getting critiqued. Yeah. It was actually on an Alan Aragon video as well. Uh, um, talk well, about the critique of it, but I didn't, I didn't actually bother reading it once once i got told that it got critiqued and torn to shreds i was like i'm not gonna bother reading it i, I think i bought it in my kind of holistic time the, uh, <laughs> yeah we all had that right like yeah. i had the paleo book where it talked about like going through more holistic stuff as well yeah Great. the two books i got wheat belly and something called the calorie myth wow wow yeah what a bold statement wow indeed so yeah i don't own that books anymore no <laughs> yeah yeah he's got to give them away yeah, yeah um, what we touched on so far can't I eat carbs I, past 6 p.m um replenish carbs white carbs are the the worst fructose again you know what nothing the matter with it yeah exactly um, they're just misunderstood i, I just, think so and i think really take-home points for people should be a calorie deficit's what's going to drive fat loss um, yes. Carbohydrates are essential for performance um, and, you know, cognitive health, I would suppose. Put in yeah, there. I don't want to feel like shit. Yeah. yeah um, and they fucking taste delicious. They do taste delicious. And I would kind of like, you know, if your carb intake or your carb allowance or allotment is quite high, maybe have a sugary drink if you feel like it. But don't waste calories on a Lucasaid after you train or a, a bottle of Coke or whatever when you can be spending it eating something a bit more filling. Well, we've if, got like a local... We've got a local charlatan. I'll not name names, but he refers to people as being carb intolerant. Wow. Yeah. It's a carbohydrate intolerant, but he's a very high-fat, um, you know, zealot. Carbs are the right. devil. White carbs and, you know... Fat. yeah and just you you shouldn't eat this and that and yeah that was another metabolic typing diet book i had uh, once oh my god didn't read away. that yeah, away. Uh, if yeah. You hear, if there's any potential clients listening and you hear those words just run away yeah. run away it Get was yeah it was a dark time in my career <laughs> <laughs> a confused dark time yeah i get it i remember i uh i'd just a silly little story, but I remember I came in once and I said to one PT, I was like, I've done all this reading and I've realized that carbs are not actually the issue. And he went, no, they're not. It's insulin. And, I was, I lit, and he walked away. And I was stood there like, with my head in my hands like, what? It's insulin? Boom, straight back out, more reading. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people, coaches do use just big words and, you know, it just totally disempowers a client. And it's like, you're eating too much and you're not moving around enough, mate. Yeah, you're essentially not burning off the food that you're taking in. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to leave it there, Si, I think, because we've been talking for an hour ten recording now. Um, so if you want to just tell people where they can kind of find you, your links and so on and so forth. 
Okay. Um, yeah, Cy Gregory Fitness and Nutrition on Facebook and Cy Gregory Fitness and Nutrition on Instagram. But it should be at Cy Gregory PT on both. And if you want to follow along with the wrestling stuff, see some uh, blue spandex and white boots, Cy Gregory Pro on uh, Instagram, at Cy Gregory Pro. And you should be able to find that on Facebook as well, but it's Cy Gregory Pro Wrestler. Um, or just Cy Gregory on Facebook if you want to add my personal account for any particular reason. And potentially the cyborg. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pending. Yeah, I'll get you in a little tin outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll just like, do the robot. like Down the ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, thank you very much, Simon, uh, Si, for like um, being here on a Friday night. Um, I'm going to go eat some carbohydrates and get fat. Hey, it's, it's getting close to 8 p.m., so you might want to get that in really right. quick. The insulins will spike. <laughs> <laughs> no, great talking to you, mate. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Speak soon, mate. All right, speak soon. Pal. Goodbye.